0: Mike Ling
1: and I'm Charles Lee
0: and you're listening to the Grok Science Show
1: that's right it's a weekly look at the world of science technology and the effects on our daily lives coming up on today's program Wendy Suzuki will join us to discuss good anxiety
0: so stay tuned for all of this
1: plus the Grokatron 5000
0: and our world famous question a week
1: coming right up here on the Grok's Science Show Welcome back to the Grox Science Show. Anxiety. What if instead of being a curse, it's actually a gift? Joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Wendy Suzuki. Dr. Suzuki is professor of neuroscience and psychology in the Center for Neuroscience at New York University. She's a celebrated international authority on neuroplasticity and was recently named one of the 10 women changing the way we see the world. She's also a regularly sought expert for publications including the Wall Street Journal, Shape, and Health. She's penned the new book, Good Anxiety. Harnessing the Power of the Most Misunderstood Emotion. And she joins us today to discuss this topic for our general audience. And Dr. Suzuki, thanks so much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, certainly a fascinating book you've put together here, Good Anxiety. That's why you decided to put the book together.
0: Yeah, so I wrote this book actually before the pandemic, and I noticed how many students that I was teaching, how many friends, faculty, myself were suffering more and more from anxiety. And then I looked into the statistics, and at that time, even before the pandemic, 90% of people raised their hands and said, I am experiencing anxiety. So of course, it's just gone up from there since the pandemic. I knew this was something I wanted to explore further research and take a fresh look at. And my fresh look ended up being This book, Good Anxiety, that in fact, evolutionarily, the core of the book is the idea that anxiety evolutionarily and the stress response that underlies it evolved to protect us. It is primarily a protective mechanism. And if you're saying, I don't feel protected by my anxiety, the answer is it's because too much of anything, even a good thing is bad. And all of us collectively currently have too high a level of anxiety for it to be good. So my book describes this, describes how to decrease the volume on anxiety and really pull out not just good, but gifts and information and wisdom from your own anxiety.
1: What is uh, biologically the roots of anxiety? What do we know about it? How can you go out of control?
0: Yeah. So I think it's easiest to understand if you imagine 2.5 million years ago, let's say there's a woman walking with her newborn baby just collecting food and there is suddenly a twig that cracks which immediately instigates anxiety in her and the stress response. Why? Because it could be a predator. That was the major kind of threat in those days, external threats. And so this stem that we still have today, what did it do? It increased her heart rate, it increased her respiration, and it shunted all the blood to her muscles so that she was going to be able to either run away really quickly or fight the predator. So that is the fight or flight response that is part of our anxiety anxiety response today. So that's how it kept us, protected us. It, it, it helped us out of dangerous situations. Well, fast forward 2.5 million years in our modern world, we don't just have an occasional twig cracking. We have the equivalent of twigs cracking all around us 24-7. The weather report, the COVID report, the news feed, the social media feeds are all things that instigate anxiety in us. And that's how the volume got turned way up. And so the first thing that we can do to try and get back to that protective element of anxiety is learn to turn it down. And the best way to do that is to activate our natural stress reduction part of our nervous system. If there is that fight or flight part of the nervous system that is undergirded by the sympathetic nervous system, Did you know that there is a parasympathetic nervous system, which is that de-stressing part of our nervous system, which does everything the opposite from the fight or flight system. It decreases our heart rate and respiration, and it takes blood from the muscles towards the digestive and reproductive organs. And so part of the many tools that I provide to help turn the volume down is simply to activate that relaxation system, the parasympathetic system, by breathing deeply. That is the best conscious way we have of activating that relaxation response. Not that it cures all anxiety all the time, but many people need that that tool that can help ease those symptoms of anxiety quickly and deep breathing, kind of boxed breathing where you go inhale for four, uh, hold at the top for four, exhale for four, hold at the bottom for four. It's so fast, so easy and that's something that people can use all the time to activate that relaxation parasympathetic system.
1: Is there any benefit to utilizing that energy that's coming from that sympathetic activation? I mean, you have this sort of fight or flight response, should you just go out for a run and burn that off?
0: Well, you just brought up my second most popular way of decreasing the more uncomfortable feelings of anxiety, which is moving your body. So one of my major research areas at New York University is studying the effects of physical activity on the brain. And moving your body is also one of the best and fastest way to decrease levels of stress and anxiety anxiety and depression, I meant to say. That was shown to me in the field, so to speak, exactly a year ago from today, I was giving a lecture to incoming freshmen in fall 2020, right, you know, right before that that weird year that we had, that weirdest semester where everything was going online. And I ended up, with my 30 minutes, I gave them a 10-minute lecture. I had my stu- my 30 freshmen go take an anxiety survey, and then I brought them back, and I happened to be certified fitness instructor. So over Zoom, I had them all get up. We moved our bodies for 10 minutes, got the heart rate up a little bit, and then, then I had them take the anxiety survey again. And what I found was that before the exercise, their anxieties were just below clinically anxious, so these were anxious students, And after just 10 minutes of moving their body, their anxiety scores came down by 15 points down to normal range. So it's also a powerful way. It works in real life to decrease feelings of anxiety. But I always start with the breath work because it can be done in class. You can do this while in the class, while in that anxiety-provoking conversation. It's fast and it's easy, but use both in different situations, which are both great ways to decrease your anxiety levels.
1: Is it known what physiology behind that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And the answer to that is that we know that every time you move your body, you are releasing a whole range of different neurochemicals. I like to say you're giving your brain a wonderful bubble bath of neurochemicals that include dopamine, serotonin, noradrenaline. And those are the neurochemicals that are easing the feelings of anxiety or depression and making you feel much better. And that's why many people have, have the experience of just going out for a walk when, when they can't handle it anymore and, and making and having that make them feel so much better even in the first block that they walk. So it is the neurochemicals that are stimulated with physical activity and that is the mechanism.
1: Is there much to be said about just changing how we react to those stimuli?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great thought. So in the part of the book, Good Anxiety, where I address, you know, how can we turn the volume down on that anxiety? It is science-based approaches like exercise, like deep breathing, like meditation, that can help decrease feelings of anxiety, but it's also behavioral approaches, staying away from the most anxiety-provoking situations, trying to deflect your attention or the group's attention from difficult things to talk about to focus on other things where one can make progress, mindset shifting about how you go into those situations. Those are all powerful ways to emotionally regulate particularly regulating your anxiety. That really brings us to a second really important part of the book, which is that once you're able to kind of turn the volume down a little bit, is a wonderful time to start to think about your anxiety in a different way. I've already given a, a different mindset. It's a protective emotion and not one that you just want to get rid of. But actually, if you consider all of those emotions that come up with anxiety, the fear, the worry, and all the other kind of uncomfortable emotions that get evoked by your particular form of anxiety, it's important to realize that those emotions exist for a reason. They are giving us signals. There are warning signals, and they are telling us information about what we really value in life. One of the things that I learned in writing this book is I found myself really digging into this idea, looking at the research, but also digging into it in my own self and my own anxiety. And I found myself making friends with those uncomfortable emotions, making friends with my own anxiety. Now, To be sure, this isn't a warm and fuzzy friend. It's more like a prickly friend that kind of tells you how it is. But I started to have a much deeper appreciation for what those negative emotions are there for. What are they warning us against? Again, this protective thing and how they actually make the happier emotions happier because we have this full range. This is part of our emotional makeup. So that is a real key and kind of unexpected element of the book.
1: How is it then that we can harness those aspects of anxiety to make our lives better?
0: Yeah, yeah. We come to the third component of the book, which I think is the one that I love the most about the book. So turning the volume down, looking inside and learning more about ourselves from these negative emotions and what is causing them. But what big chunk of the book is about, when you start to be able to do that, there are two gifts that come to us because of our anxiety and I'll just share my favorite gift from my own anxiety that is the gift of empathy one of my oldest personal forms of anxiety is social anxiety. And of course I'm a teacher and a speaker so so I've I've learned to get over kind of the fear of speaking element of social anxiety. But the fact is that I was an awkward and very very shy and scared student really wanting to interact more in class but always afraid to ask that question in class and I suffered from that for many many years all through my educational experience and I realized, again, while writing this book, that that became one of my major superpowers as a teacher, because I I realized that unconsciously, I was always trying to reach out to, to those students that I knew that were out there that had that same form of anxiety by offering more casual times to interact. You don't just have to get your question answered in front of the whole class, but coming to class early, staying late, answering questions. And that form of empathy came directly from my particular form of anxiety. And I think everybody has that because they know what it feels like on the inside. And if you can turn that externally and turn that into empathy, it really becomes kind of a wonderful gift that that I think the world needs more of right now, more empathy from and to everybody else.
1: Do you have any advice then on how to, as you put it, worry well?
0: Yeah. So worrying well, I think the first step of that section of how to worry well is going through the 40 plus tools that I give To find the best ways to turn down that volume. I mean, that is always the first step of worrying well. You can't really benefit from, from the gift of empathy if you have such high levels of anxiety that you know, you're you not able to, to give in that way. So worrying well is really the art of trying out all the tools that we know from science, all the tools that we know from behavioral science to emotionally regulate, look at situations differently, change your mindset. And I, I'm just going through kind of the high level ideas that are all laid out in the book in a, in a really easy how-to method, including a ways to measure your current level of anxiety and, and then monitor it yourself. But that's the first step. And, and the promise really is that if you do that, if you turn the volume down, if you look in on all the information and wisdom that your own uncomfortable emotions are providing you, that that will lead to a more fulfilling, a more joyful and a more stress-free life and that is why I w- wrote the book that is what I hope that everybody can get from it
1: Do you find that individuals have problems with certain aspects of turning their anxiety into a more productive worrying well
0: Yeah you know it's it's I'm not going to lie it's not pill it's not a fast fix these are behavioral changes that you need to do but what I've tried to do is kind of lay them out in immediate, easy to do. Everybody can go take a walk. Everybody can learn how to breathe deeply. There are a million YouTube videos. If you don't want to do it by yourself, go on YouTube for free and find your favorite breathing exercise. And then you can work your way up to the more challenging ones of changing your mindset. Can you change... This task, this horrible task that you're faced with, and change it into a challenge, a challenge that you will feel good going after, that you feel empowered doing simple changes like that, sometimes you need just a reminder and a variety of things to try if the first two really don't work. It's about the desire to decrease your anxiety and the promise. What if my anxiety can work for me, including in the way that you brought up, which is great, which is using that energy to propel yourself forward, which I do every time that I have butterflies in my stomach before I'm going to walk on stage and give a talk. Anybody who speaks knows that 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 is part of your energy that allows you to give that great talk that is what I want people to learn how to harness in their lives in in their own way which is why I try and give so many different tools that will some of them will will apply to everybody
1: was there anything particularly surprising to you when you were investigating the science of anxiety or how it can be harnessed we're good
0: the two most surprising things for me Number one, how many people even before the pandemic said that they they were feeling anxiety? 90%. I mean, that still is the one stat of all of this book research that blew me away because we know it went up. So that means everybody, everybody is feeling anxious. And number two, that surprised me as I started to talk to more people, and there are many case studies in the book. So hopefully people can see themselves in in several of these stories. But the thing that surprised me there was the level of shame and embarrassment that came with the admission that you're feeling anxiety. I understand where that comes from. I remember it from my younger days in my social anxiety. But the fact that 100% all of us have anxiety is the reason why we need to start talking about it right now. So it's, it's both kind of of the most surprising thing, that there is there is so much shame, but also the, the most inspiring and energizing thing for me, that it's so important to start talking about it, making it normal to talk about anxiety and just saying, look, here's my anxiety. Everybody has anxiety. It just opens up even the cognitive doors to try something new. If it's easier to talk about it, to admit it, to say, okay, l- l- let's try what 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 helped for you? What worked for you? So those are the two things that really still get me so excited and focused on this topic.
1: Are there other cultures that we could learn from that maybe handle it better?
0: That's a great question. I know that anxiety rates and and clinical anxiety rates. I mean that's the other really important point that this book is for people that suffer from what I call everyday anxiety. So anxiety exists on a big spectrum. There's clinical anxiety. And for that, you need to go and consult a medical professional, just like you would for a broken leg. And lower levels of anxiety that can still be very annoying and feel like this weight around your neck is what I call everyday anxiety, That is, which is the majority of people, that is who I wrote the book for. And we know that anxiety levels worldwide have gone up. But in terms of who, kind of which culture handles anxiety the best or has the lowest level of anxiety, that's a good question. I don't know the answer. The answer that I I think about the blue zones in the world that they don't talk about anxiety levels, but they talk about health outcomes. And because stress is such a negative outcome for health, I have to imagine that the blue zones around the world where there's more social support, where they are eating more healthy and they're getting a lot of exercise that we know are giving their brains a wonderful bubble bath of all those good neurochemicals, that they have to also have perhaps lower levels of mental issues and anxiety and depression. But that is just my guess.
1: Last pieces of advice regarding anxiety.
0: Yeah. So I guess my last um, parting message would be that I'm really, really optimistic that anybody can take this book, if they're serious about wanting to shift their relationship with their anxiety, I'm really optimistic that they're going to be able to use these tools that it provide to do all of these things, turn down the volume, look at their uncomfortable feelings, and then find some of that superpower, some of those gifts from anxiety. And I'm optimistic because for the last 25 years, I've studied Brain plasticity, that is, the human brain's ability to change and evolve in response to the environment. I mean, that's what makes the human brain so complex. The most complex structure known to humankind is the human brain. And we evolved to do this, even though sometimes it's challenging to make those changes. But just know that your brain has the capacity to do it and take it in small steps, Take it in small steps, and I can guarantee that you will get some good anxiety from this book.
1: We were just talking with Dr. Wendy Suzuki. The new book is entitled Good Anxiety, Harnessing the Power of the Most Misunderstood Emotion. Dr. Suzuki, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show.
0: Thanks so much for having me.